just for you is taking over for MyMix at Acme, and it's making saving even easier. You'll find more ways to redeem rewards for savings on gas or groceries, just for you, available on the Acme app. Fresh store package boneless chicken breast is $1.77 a pound when you buy three pounds or more. And mix or match fresh blackberries, raspberries, or blueberries. Buy one, get one free. Restrictions and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to acme.com forward slash rewards. Blog Talk Radio. YPA, it's time to sort the show, so search for the squad and listen out for the promo with the West Wild Spitter, spin his weapon through a chokehold. College Oak coverage on the corner, make it unfold. Five o'clock, who gives a damn of what your man is saying? We spitting live wireless, leave him shot with the gamma ray. Ain't no runner up, cause it ain't nothing close to the candidate. I block the deep and you draw like Japanese animated. It's just us and the rest, news off the hottest press. Dope from the boogie down, Kyle Holton, Philly West. Repping with the legends, classic in the few seconds. In politics, sports segment, live phone, call up with question. It's the NYPA, 95 Connection, real people. Ain't no script, cute call for directions. Just team on the grind time till it's all perfection. Throw it past the satellite so you can catch reception. So touch ground with us. We kill challenges. A murder it for every number on your calendars. From west to the boogie down the Greyhound and this. We Google spot, anchor podcast pockets this. YPA Entertainment Radio live here on Blog Talk. It's Sunday, it's 5 o'clock. Colin Alonzo broadcasting. It's Tommy Chamberlain from West Philadelphia and the Bronx. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, welcome back after two weeks. We were off, um, and I can't believe we're near Thanksgiving and Christmas is next month. And then, of course, Black Friday is a holiday now. Um, I didn't realize, wasn't paying attention that Thanksgiving was this Thursday, so someone kept. I hear people talking about the holidays and just wasn't, it, it didn't just register, you know what I mean, that the holidays are here already. So, But with that being said, um, we're not alone this week. We do have, uh, have guests who will be co-hosting, first time ever in the history of the show in eight years. Um, we have guests joining us today. We wanna, we're going to bring it on in. Caller, you in the air, NYPA Timmy Radio. Hey, 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 what's going on, man? Come on. What's going what on, Kamal? What's going on, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. That's what the, well, Kamal Johnson is the producer of the new film, The Flea. Um, now, now, is Nick calling in or is Nick can't make it? No, he's going to be here. It's going to be two minutes, actually. Okay. So Nick is the writer and director. You're the producer of the film, The Flea, correct? Correct. He's also the producer as well. And okay. And we have another one. He's just not in town. Uh, Jeff. He's another one of our producers that we have on board by the name of Jeff. Right. Right. So we'll, we'll give a few minutes with um, Nick to jump in, but I'm gonna start with you. Um, your background in film and television. How did you come about working with Nick in terms of the fleet? Yes, we basically met. It was funny, but we worked together back at Kaplan University. We pretty much were uh, enrolling students uh, online, and uh, we were in the same training class, and, you know, we just 
you know, didn't think nothing of it, you know, just a known person. But uh, he was saying something about he's doing movies. I was like, like you know, because in Florida, you don't really meet too many people that are really into movies like that because it's not mm. the kind of industry for that, like, you know, maybe like New York or California. So mm. hearing that he done and he's done some projects even prior to that, that's when um, I knew, like, you know what I'm saying, because I let him know that's, you know, that's what I'm into, that's what I do. And then we kind of build mm. a relationship from there. And, you know, we just collaborate a lot of different things, you know, throughout the years, you know. But this is like a first one where a real feature film that, you know, we're really proud of, glad that, you know, mm. it would be, you know, come together, you know. Mm. Right. So, um, for those who don't uh, know, what is The Flea? Yeah. Well, The Flea, it basically, it's, it basically takes place in one day. It's basically, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically like a flea market, which, um, you know, a lot can relate to um, or the norm of the flea market. And you know, it's based right. upon our main character, who's basically the manager of the fleet, and he has to basically manage everything that's going on in the fleet, all the the issues, you know, the troubles, and it's a comedy, so you know, it's going to be, you know, you know, think that's more comedic in a, in a role, and he has to figure it out, you know, you know, for himself. So you know, it's really a movie that not only has a lot of art, you know, to it, but it, you know, it's very funny, just, you know, which. You don't see as much, you know, like as far as when it comes to black films, as much, and it's something that everybody can kind of relate to, you know, in that mm. neighborhood because it takes place in Miami, um, the mm. flea market in Miami, but there's flea markets all around, you know, the world. So it's something that a lot of people can have, you know, relate to, relation to. Mm. Was it? Now you shot on location in Miami. So I seen. The, I remember I seen the trailer a while back. Was it like the actual flea market in Miami? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was an actual flea market. Um, Nick set it up, you know. You know, he's from my, he's from Miami himself. I'm, in, I'm from uh, Fort Lauderdale, but he knew mm. someone that they allowed us to be able to shoot in there. Uh, we're able to use a lot of the different people that actually have their own booths and stuff like that. Mm. So that was pretty cool. So it was like it's really like realistic. Like you really got real like Miami people and and just has that real vibe. You know, that has a little mm. authenticity to it. You know. Mm. Mm. Now. Question: Where did you find? Um, when did you realize that you had the love for making films? Well, for me, I, since I was really young, since I was a kid. But really, what sparked it uh, was when uh, I was in college and I used to intern at CBS uh, right. as a page, you know, and and doing that, working on a lot of different projects. You know, to work on 106 and Park, Good Morning America, just being in that environment. I knew like that was something I I wanted to do because it was the first time I, I had a job that even if I'm working 12, 14, 16 hours, you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it. You know, so when you know you have that feeling like where it doesn't feel like a job, you know, you know right. that's, that's most likely what right. you should be doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. find the love into doing that. Yeah, I, exactly. I totally understand. Exactly. Yeah, I always say that with people too. It's like you know. You ever find a job where it doesn't feel like a job? You know that's most likely the yeah. thing for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, what would who were your influences in terms of film and even in television? Um, in, in terms of just that you look up to in terms of writing, directing, or, or what have you. Mhm. Well, if I were to say from. Uh, early age when it comes to comedic where I knew like I wanted to do comedic. I, I, I mean, I always have ideas for drama, but the first comedic was honestly probably Living Color. That was like mm-hmm. the show as a kid that just wanted to inspire me to want to, 
you know, to to do something like in the industry and to see like a pretty much uh, all like you know the the main director, producer, and owner of the show is black. You know, to see those types of things, you know, was very you know inspirational. Um, you know, to see. So that was definitely one of our big ones. But uh, as far as like just directors, like if I was saying individual, I probably have to say Spike Lee. Uh, yeah. Definitely had a heavy influence. Uh, definitely had the influence on on me. You know, just mm. him being able to have a message to a story, then even having you know a little bit of to it as well. You know, things like you know mm. to make people laugh and just feel. Mm. You know, fighting the mm. he, right. he did it. You know, pretty much uh, doing all kinds of loans just to make his first film. Those types of things are always inspiring because, you know, you kind of use that guerrilla filmmaking, you know, style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you did not join us, we're speaking with one-third of the filmmaker that made the flea, Kamal Johnson. Come um, on, sitting with us for the rest of the show. So later on, we're going to get to topics. We're going to pick his brain, get his opinion on the topics that is going on in the world of sports and entertainment. It's good to have a third-party opinion outside of the lines of myself just to see which way he sways, if you agree with Zoe, if you agree with me, or we're all just indifferent all together. So that should be interesting coming up later on in the show. Um, now, I'm people who are not familiar, sports, so. should I get Kamal? That's I'm definitely opinionated when it comes to sports, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a lot going on in sports, so. As long as we don't say nothing bad about Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a super fan of the Kobe Bryant Lakers. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch up LeBron and the uh, Lakers as we get into a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. But for those who are not familiar with filmmaking and especially the producing part, what does that entail? Oh, yeah. What what is your your job in particular in terms of producing help producing um, the film? Well, in this project. A lot of it was uh, just kind of helping and getting the money together, getting just everything we need to make sure to have the film to go together. And kind of how we did it is, which is a lot different on the other projects, is that we kind of just roll with it. You know, like meaning by when we first started to do the project, we didn't even have, you know, the complete um, money that we need to have it done, but we had enough to get it started. We had enough to be able to start getting doing filming. So we're just like, you know what, we'll do the filming and we'll find the money as it goes. And mm. come to find out, you know, that's, that's you know, what happened. You know, it, it pretty much uh, we were able to, you know, you know, manifest this money. We just come different places, you know. We just find people that were interested in investing and wanted to help, you know, with it as well. You know, so that mm. was, you know, pretty cool. Now, if like, somebody wanted, right. if somebody wanted to see um, um, the film, um, where can they find it at? Well, as of as of right now, what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to set it up, you know, for theater, and right. you know, also we're trying to look into maybe even Netflix. But we're gonna very soon. We're definitely gonna have all the information once we get everything like, you know, ironed out. Um, so. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, we're still, you know, moving for that. But we'll definitely have all that information and stuff like that once, you know, we have everything set up. Because we just want to first just make it like a major release. And then after we do that, right. then, you know, we want to find different ways that people can be able to, right. you know, see it. All right. Yeah. Well, um, being, you uh, know, and I'll probably ask uh, Nick this question. I'm going to ask you too because I know you're dabbling in writing also. But mm-hmm. in the lines when I bring this up from time to time in terms of African-American films and television shows. Okay. In terms of writing, 
and then don't I bring this up, and I know this too, at any time there's an African-American-driven movie or show, they tend to bring the N-word in a lot for no reason. Or they just th- and throw it around. Um, what is your opinion on that? Like, I'm like, like dude, Luke Cage and even, to a degree, Black Lightning a little bit, and they'll throw it in there. And even though we don't want other people to say it and we're fighting against it, yet we constantly bring it up in our TV shows and constantly have it in our dialogue doing film, uh, in films. What's your what is your opinion on that? What do you what do you fall into that? Like how do you feel about that? That's a that's a great question. And real quick I wanna let you know um Nick is just he just came he's he's right along with us now, so he'll be able to you know, uh-huh. uh, talk with us as well. So just wanna give an introduction. Right. Um, uh, but you said um okay. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, What's going on, Nick? Good. Um I guess to answer your question, um, as far yeah. as the um the use of that word during the films like, I was right. very conscious to make sure not even on set you were allowed to use it. Right. right. Because I, right. I feel that we have opportunity through media to change the narrative if we don't like the story. Thank so you. So right. I was very like that word. Um, I went ahead and made sure that you didn't use it in the film, you didn't use it on set. Because I, I wanted to make sure that this movie portrayed us in a light where it's just, it's an everyday life of a flea market manager, so somebody who puts on mm. his um, pants one leg at a time, go to work, take care of his mm. family. So we don't need all the extra superlatives that comes along with a typical black film. So I made sure mm. we stayed away from stereotypes, and one of the biggest stereotypes is that we are that inward. So um, I don't right. like it. I made sure we didn't use it, and I want to make sure that this is a kid-friendly film. Um, that way, with the next generation, and most likely who's going to um, get attached to this film is 13 to 18-year-olds. It's a comedy. Um, it's Netflix um, type film, and that's who basically mm. watch Netflix. I want to make sure that when they watched it, they saw it and was represented properly, and didn't have the, the normal stigma that comes along with black films. Right. right. Um, Nick, let's back up. Introduce yourself to everyone. Give a little background check of who you are and how you got in the film. How you doing, everybody? My name is Nick Guerriere. I'm a writer, producer, and director. I'm based out of Miami, Florida. I got into film because I actually was, um, I had some friends in the music business. And mm-hmm. um, they took me on tour. So basically I was a roadie carrying around bags. Um, and from that I kind of fell in love with the limelight, but I'm not musically inclined whatsoever. So I decided, <laughs> let me go ahead and um, take the next step and stay within the same realm of media. And I wrote a movie about my experience, or actually I wrote a movie about their experience, my um, POV. Um, and right. that movie um, is actually called No Die Enemy. We actually wrote it. I wrote it, produced it. Um, it ended up on Stars. Actually, still playing on Stars today. You can catch it on Stars on Demand. Nice. Wow. Right. Um, film-wise, who is your influences, or any any genre of like, any genre of film or television influences in terms of getting into the business? Um, one of my biggest influences, um, and um, I guess growing up as a 90s baby, I was a big Tupac, and I still am a big Tupac influence. So mm-hmm. as far as through media um, and just through just his actions, that kind of inspired me to do better. Um, he has a mm-hmm. phrase that um, when he t- when he said during the interview, was I guarantee that I sparked the brain that changed the world, and that actually yeah. hit home when I heard it. So since then, mm-hmm. like I felt like I've been obligated to go ahead and fulfill that. So that's what made me get into it. Um, as far as influences, um, this film um, is kind of remnants of uh, the Spike Lee type films. 
where it's colorful, mm-hmm. it has a low-key message. So Spike Lee is mm-hmm. one of my biggest um, influences. Um, I like mm-hmm. F. Gary Gray. Friday was my favorite movie of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some of my influences. Mm-hmm. Um, you shot on location. Was it difficult, like, convincing them to shoot at the actual flea market? Um, it wasn't difficult at all. Actually, um, I went there, I scouted two flea markets, and it's funny because, like, I went to the first flea market, and it was um, the manager, um, property manager was an older black woman, and as soon as she saw uh, me, she shut me down. She was like, it's really? <laughs> really? Like, I was, it was not happening. Um, so then I went to the flea market right across the street, which is the one I originally wanted, and I spoke to right. um, this guy named um, Andy Schinnaker, Jewish guy. And immediately yeah. I sat down, like two minutes in, I didn't even finish it. She was like, all right, cool, you're good. You got oh, it. Oh, wow. See that? Look at that. It's weird how those don't work. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. He, got, he gave me the full, like, run of the place. And it was during business hours. So, really? Um, yes, during business hours. Now, yeah. Day one, I got there and got there maybe, it opened at 10, got there about 7, 7.30. And then, of course, I get to the back, and Andy's not there yet, um, so security's there. Um, and they gave me a hard time. So the head of security was a black guy. And immediately when he saw me, I was like, yeah, I'm here to shoot a movie. And he's like, you're not shooting a movie here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the pushback I got was from people who looked like me. And, it, you know, I was like, that was weird. See? Um, yeah. So, so I call Andy. Yeah. And then I call um, the property manager, um, and then um, I call the property manager, and then I put the guy on the phone. So I'm watching his face as the property manager is telling him, like, you have to let this guy in. And his just demeanor all changed. And then he actually helped, um, had to help us load in, too, which is funny. So I was like, all right, put the boxes over there, homie. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> just for that. You got to hit him with a, not, not there, put it over there. Not yeah. there, put over there. <laughs> you know? So... <laughs> so, um, oh, but then after that, after that, it went pretty smooth. Um, we shot there for six straight days initially, um, there for like twelve-hour days, and like by the second day, everybody knew um, who we were. Um, I'm from Miami-Dade County, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I grew up in Little Haiti, eventually moved like to a different neighborhood, so I know how you have to talk to Miami people, you know. So it's like. You, you have to be that, like, I had to be, like, security on the set from the beginning. So, you know, like how Lauren said, if I, you have to add a mother, you know, just to make the ignorant people hear you. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Once yeah. in a while. Like, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't test me, homie. I'm from here, too. <laughs> Action. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it was very fun. Like, to this, to this day, I go back there, and it's all love, and they all still know me. Um, and they are excited about the film, so. And I got their input, too. So I, I asked people, I was just like, yeah, what do you think we should do? Oh, really? I that's that's people, good. I used actual people that was there, right. uh, mostly because my budget was low. So I was like, hey, since you're already here, you, you want to be in front of the camera. So it worked out beautifully. Yeah, and um, it, get, it gives us authenticism, too, as well. Like, you have people who actually are from there. It's not somebody just acting and, you know, trying to play a right. role. Like, they really can capture the essence of, right. you know, what it is and yeah, nice. that, that's cool. Nice. That, that that is cool. Um, what if so people are listening to this, and like myself and Zell and, and others who want to make their own independent films, what advice? Either one of you, Nick, Kamal, what advice would you give those 
who are interested, who's listening, like, oh, I want to do this in my town, in my city, in my neighborhood, what advice would you give them? Get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much Get it. Get it done. Like, no, it doesn't, don't matter. Don't, the result and how it turns out is neither here or there. It's, it's art, so it's subjective. People may like it, may not. It doesn't matter. Get it done. Just complete mm-hmm. something. That completion gives you a different feeling. Um, yeah, don't talk of, about it. Of, Just do in it. In yourself. Yeah. Yes, do it. Because it's so right. much reasons not to do something, especially with film. Like, you know, especially when you're doing low budget, somebody's sick, somebody doing this, you don't have enough money. Like, I didn't have, I, we rehearsed for like three months. I had no money. Um, I didn't get money to shoot the film until two days before we shot the film. Really? But I organized it like we had the money to shoot the film. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so it was a goal in my. It was a goal in my mind. You know. Yeah, so we I hear that. Shoot, and then, and then last year it was last year. And then a hurricane came through, and then that pushed it back. So that gave me that gave me extra three weeks of rehearsals. Um, and time mm-hmm. to actually get that money. Literally, like, I went to the flea market, um, and I was leaving the flea market, and then I was like, you know what, we're going to get this money right now. Stopped in the parking lot. We did a loan application over the phone with Wells Fargo and got approved for 10 Gs, and then we shot the film. Nice. Wow. So, now, how, how long yeah. did this, uh, how long it take to shoot everything? How many, like, how many days and weeks, or how long it take? Well, it, initially it took, we shot the whole film initially in six days. So like I'm I'm very detail oriented. I was very organized. My you know very extremely organized. Um, so that was, and like I said, we should, we rehearsed for three months too. So when we got on set, I didn't have to. I told people, as a producer and doing all these things, I won't have too much time to direct you guys. So we directed in rehearsals. So by the time everybody got on set, everybody knew exactly. We actually rehearsed at the location too. So that right. made it really. Right. So that made it really good. So we knew all that stuff. So initially six days. And then we did maybe about four more days of pickup. But um, actually, the last day of pickup was October 3rd of this year because um, mm-hmm. we did a premiere at um, American Black Film Festival. And I, di- and I just took some notes and feedback from the people on what they wanted, and I went back and just added just a couple more things um, just to make sure that it was ready for distribution. So, um, mm-hmm. so all in all, 10 days total of production. So. Right. Awesome. That that's great, man. That is awesome. Um, I, uh, Nick, I know you, you can't stay for long, but I'm gonna ask you two more questions because I know you you, you got to run. Um, favorite uh, favorite movie, favorite director. Your favorite movie is Friday. Favorite director. I like. Vintage Spike Lee. He hasn't really done anything for me um, um, that much lately. Um, and um, and you know what? Though? I'm going to answer this like I'm supposed to. I'm my favorite director. I, think. <laughs> I hear that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So I am my favorite director, and I, ho- and I hope to see him get better. So. <laughs> um, outside of the flea, are you guys working on anything else? Um, well, we want to go ahead and turn the flea into an epi- um, episodic as well, because um, oh, if you've been cool. to any flea market, especially this one, you can't necessarily yeah. tell that flea in one stint, because there's so right. much different characters. Like when people, even like when I go back to the flea market, everybody's like, "What's well, up, my story, my story." And everybody yeah. has colorful stories, so we want to make it episodic. So I'm packaging up for that. Um, so um, hopefully everything like the the episodes and the um, the movie go to Netflix. 
Um, and we also have the company we have um, uh, animated cartoon called Niger the Navigator. Right. And it's like a ten year old black boy who, you know, superhero type. Um, and he travels across the, gro- the globe teaching people geography, humanities, and um, all those lessons that is missing from today's animations and children's cartoons. And it's mm-hmm. catered to um, 8- to 12-year-olds. So that's the next so project who- is Niger Navigator. Okay, okay. And that's in works already, or are you... That's in works in already. A- Actually, if you go to YouTube and, and type in Niger Navigator, you'll be able to see a pilot episode, some teasers, and some information on um, the project. So that's already in motion. Mm. Nice. Okay. Um, so where can people find you on social media, Nick? Um, on social media, I'm actually um, as an um, individual, a bit private, so you can always just find me through my work. So um, mm-hmm. at the Flea, the movie is the IG. And on Facebook, it's the Flea, the movie as well. Um, and if you stay tuned and stay connected with us on um, IG, you get information about when the premiere is going to happen, um, when distribution is going to happen. I know a lot of people, um, especially locally, have been talking about um, how can they purchase a DVD and where can they stream it. So we want to make sure we finalize it to make sure that um, that we get the best product out there. In the meantime, like I said, at the Flea, the movie on IG, you can get all the information on how to follow us, watch clips, get to know the characters. So. Well, I'm dying to see it, you know. So, um, you know, when that information do come out, yeah, definitely um, we want to know about it so we can actually let our viewers know about it. And, um, yeah, I would love to watch it. Yeah, I want, we would like um, to, we're working on a streaming event right now so um, to make sure that the whole world kind of sees it at once. So we'll let you guys know and, of course, we'll come back on the show let the viewers know. Yes, sir. That's what's up. Um, do you, any shout-outs you want to uh, say before you bounce, Nick? Um, shout out, shout out to you. I mean, for what you guys are doing, allowing the platform for um, movies like The Flea and director producers like Kamal and I to come on and to, to have a voice and have an outlet. So thank you guys for. Oh, oh thank you. Appreciate it, Nick. Anytime, and well, come on, you you staying with us, Nick? Appreciate everything, man. I know you know. I know you got to run. Uh, anytime, and of course I'm gonna say this. Come on, at the end of the show. Anytime you come back on any projects, or you just want to chop it up, you're more than welcome to uh, appear on NYPA Entertainment Radio. Okay, great. All right, so we're going to we're going to break. We come back with Kamal. He's co-hosting with us. We got some things we're gonna get into. We're gonna hear his opinion about what's going on in the world of sports and entertainment. So uh, <laughs> stick around, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, he's got it. He's got me on pause. The new moon rolled high in the crown of the metropolis. Shining like who on top of this? People was tussling, arguing and bustling. Gangsters of God, thumb, hardcore hustling. I'm wrestling with words and ideas. My ears is prick. Seeking what will transmit. Subscribe and apply to transcript. Yo, this ain't no time where the usual is to the ball. Tonight alive, let's describe the inscrutable. The indisputable. We New York, the narcotic. Draped in metal and fiber optics. We're mercenaries and paid to trade hot stocks for profit. Thirsty criminals, thick pockets. Hard knuckles on the second hands of working class watches. Skyscrapers and colossus. The cost of living is preposterous. Stay alive, you pay a die, no options. No Batman and Robin. Can't tell between the cops and the robbers. They both partners, they all heartless. With no conscience. Back streets stay darkened. Well, unbeliever hearts stay hardened. 
behind the lockdown. Spotlight establishes NASDAQ averages. My narrative grows to explain its existence amidst the harbor lights which remain in the distance. So much on my mind that I can't recline. Bless the holes in the night till she bless sunshine. Breathe in. Hail vapors from bright stars to shine. Breathe out. Smoke retrace the skyline. First base ride out like an ancient maiden call. I can't take it, y'all. I can feel the city breathing. Chest heaving against the flesh of the evening. Stop before it died like the last train leaving. We've been in deep city breath. Sitting on the steps. We stooped to new lows. Hell froze. The night the city slept. The beast crept through concrete jungles. Communicating with one another and get a word. The waters fall from the hydrants to the gutters. The beast walked the beats, but the beats we be making. You on the wrong side of the track. Looking visibly shaking. Taking them plungers. Plunging the death that's painted by the numbers with crawl on the fly pressure. Cats is playing God for having children by a lesser baby mother of up here. We played against each other like puppets. Swearing you got pulled when the only pool you got is the wool over your eyes. Getting knowledge in jail like a blessing in disguise. Look in the skies for God, what you see besides the smog is broken dreams flying away in the wings of the obscene. Thoughts that people put in the air. Places where you could get murdered over a glare. But everything is fair. It's a paradox we call reality. So keeping it real will make you a casualty of abnormal normality. Killers born naturally like Mickey and Mallory. Not knowing the ways will get you capped like an NBA salary. So much on my mind, I just can't recline. Blast the holes in the night till she bent sunshine. Breathe in. Inhale vapors from bright stars to shine. Breathe out. Green smoke retrace the skyline. Yo, don't the face ride out like an ancient mating call. I can't take it, y'all. I can feel the city breathing. Just even against the flesh of the evening. Stop before it die like the last train leaving. Yo, on the amen corner, I stood looking at my former hood. Felt this spirit in the wind. Knew my friend was gone for good. Through dirt on the casket, the hurt I couldn't mask it. Mix it down, emotion, struggle I hadn't mastered. I choreographed seven steps to heaven. They have waiting to exhale and make the bread leaven. Better than the Cold War. It's the guy I go for. What I know or what's known. So some days I take the bus home just to touch home. From the crib, I spend months strong. Slap out a window with a clutch dome, listening to shorty cut long. Young girls are weak minds, but they butt strong. Tried to call or at least speak the Lord, but didn't have a touch tone. The dog and dog world, you got a much on. Some of this land I must own. Out of the city, they want us gone. Tearing down the jacks, creating plush homes. My circumstances between Cabrini and Love Jones. Surrounded by hate, yet I love home. Ask my guy how he thought traveling the world sound. Found it hard to imagine he hadn't been past downtown. The city breathing the sea, a reality I touch, but for me it's hard to keep. I heard my man breathing the sea, a reality I touch, but for me it's hard to keep. So much on my mind, I just can't recline. Blast the holes in the night till she bless sunshine. Breathe in the hell makers from bright stars to shine. Breathe out, smoke retrace the skyline. Your heart of bass ride out like an ancient maiden call. I can't take it, John. Check my rhyme. Check my rhymes galore. Check my rhymes. Yo, first off, rest in peace, Fife Dog. We part of the tribe, double checking your rhymes, dog. Nike kicking it, press and play when the lights pause. Block the boulevard, a parade for the icon. Hip, hip, parade, do away for the mic guard. I know tonight the DJ only playing them tribe songs. Funky diabetic, no, it ain't nothing nice, dog. Beats, rhymes, life, from here on we stay fight strong. Life too short for the bickering bullshit. Peace to living legends, Ali Jarrow, VQ tip. Got me thinking about a couple folks I ain't cool with.
it. Tell them that it's all love, but oh, I ain't Cupid. It's no grudge. Everybody gotta go through shit and walk through the mud. Don't come out with your shoes, mint. Steps in the right direction, at least a new print. Sobering thoughts, two cents till I get too bent. Out of shape at times, I'm sure. And my feelings out my mind, check my rhymes galore. Check my rhymes galore. Like a wrecking ball You was first out the window With Snoop was stepping on our buildings I was a peewee I was like M.O.B.B. for the children You was the prodigal son And B.K. we say son But shout out to the dun This is a B.Q.E. run Expressions of love into borough Pulled over when I heard the news I heard you went to sleep with beef But we gonna honor you None of my business And the road be my interest But I pray that God spends this Lyrical remembrance Can't mention legends Without you up in the sentence or how the barbarian was relentless Brook Brownsville, really on the track Don't make that cloth no more, wasn't cutting any slack You all deserve a Rembrandt I'm not a painter so I had to pen that DJ Marcus gon' blend that Yeah. 
We're going to kick him to the curb right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to kick him <laughs> to the curb. Hey, man, um, man's always going to last anyway. Yo, we got Luis Van coming back. All right. We're we, we, we going to put – but could I – well – Two out of three can talk about their teams. There's a third party in, in, in New York that can't really say much. Uh, you know, no. Gonna... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, but, but I will uh, anyway. <laughs> hey, yeah. Right. It, it'd only be right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you got to defend them, right or wrong. Whether they're good or bad, you got to defend them. All right, the, the, the big dust-up we had this week was in Golden State when Draymond and Kevin yeah. Durant – Started going right. at it on the court, and then it got verbal in the dressing room. And it all started where uh, Draymond, and then he mounted play the ball. He went KG, KG, KD is calling for it. Draymond wouldn't give it to him and whatever. He lost the ball, and they're they going at each other. They go in the locker room, yeah. and Draymond's getting in his yeah. face. He got heated, saying things like, uh-huh. we won without you. You can leave in free agency. Some allegedly said, uh, Durant said, that's why I'm out of here. This is he said, she yeah, said type stuff. He did. Wow. He yeah. did. My question to you guys, who do you think is more viable to the team, Kevin Durant or Draymond? Oh, of course, a without a question. doubt, it's, it's Kevin Durant, obviously. You know, um, you know, I saw that play first off, and Kevin Durant was wide open. You know, um, Draymond should have passed that ball to um, mm-hmm. KD. He was wide open. Mm-hmm. I saw that play. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, what was going on in his mind, that uh, he decided, you know what, I'm going to try to go through this pile of people, and then he trips over there and loses the ball, and they end up losing the game. I don't know what he was thinking at that time, but mm-hmm. KD was wide open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that as well. Definitely, it's obviously KD. And obviously, the Warriors feel the same way because they suspended Draymond for that, which to yeah. me was crazy. You're going to suspend him for just an argument with your own teammate? Yeah. Like, that's, right. that's, that's crazy. But he's a big en- engine of their team, though, as well, though. Because if they lost right. him, it would be a bigger loss than people know because he's like the toughness on their on their team. You know, so I, yeah. I definitely think. But I have a feeling with that, I have a feeling they might lose both of them. Eventually, mm. especially when he becomes a mm. free agent, I think Draymond's a free agent after next season because right. I don't think he—he's probably not going to feel like the Warriors really have his back because they—they they just suspended him for that. Like, right? You know, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point, Kamal, mm-hmm. because he could be, you know, putting that in the back of his head, like, oh, y'all, like y'all going to suspend me? I'm in an argument for one day without pay for an argument, which I think, like, yeah, I mean. Don't suspend him. Reprimand him quietly, whatever the case may be. Find him, find him at least. Find him like a team penalty, whatever. Uh, I think suspending suspending one game is a little a little bit major. Um, but I think I think Durant is more viable to them, he so is. to speak. He in, is. in my opinion, if they had to choose, they'll pick Durant over Draymond. Um, can right. they win without Kevin? Of course, they proved it before. They they can. But to lose Kevin Durant is a huge thing because. Now yeah. they think, well, how could you say that? Now he might not want to stay. He can go to, God forbid, the Lakers. He could go to, God forbid, the Knicks. He could go, yeah, 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 the Sixers. Well, you never know where he could go to, or God forbid, Boston. So well, that's the, that's one of the best players in the league that you're kind of pushing out the door, and owners are like, what are you doing? Yeah, you, you could know, tell so, they suspended Draymond 
all based upon that. Like, they only suspended him because they wanted to show Durant, like, we got your back, and, you know. Right. You know, we love right. You they want to keep him. They know he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah, know he's a free agent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And not um, give him any reason you know, for him to go somewhere else. You know, this is like a plus-plus player that can turn, that, that, that you take a franchise who's on the cusp of winning and have them win. You know, so you know, there's rumors right now. There's rumors right now that um, you know, KD may be going to the Lakers. You know, his mother is a big Lakers fan, and you know, KD love his mom. And yeah, you know, where she goes, he goes. So um, I'm 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 going to put it out there right now. You know, I know that he's not a free agent yet, but I'm putting it out there right now. I believe he's going to leave after this season. KD, yeah, I'm I speaking of, I believe he's gone. Yeah, I agree with that as well because I look at it like he's, he's been signing a one-year contract every year, never too mm. long term. So I feel like the main was to get the championship. I think once he gets mm. the championship, I think he's going to probably want to go to a team where he can be like, you know, like it'll be like his team. Because even still with the Warriors, it's still Clay, or well, more like, more, more like Curry, but Curry and Clay are are mainly, you know, their team, and he joins them. I think he probably would go somewhere where probably where he is the root of the team. That's why, to be honest, I he's the man, team. right? I have a feeling mm-hmm. that he might go to the Knicks because he can go to the Knicks, be the main marquee guy, and then they add guys will probably get a top draft pick, and then they could be a team mm-hmm. that could be viable. So I have a feeling he's going to kind of right. move like that. Even though I would love for him to come to the Lakers, that would be a great oh, no. guy. No, 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 no. I can't see him doing the movie deal with the Warriors and then joining LeBron after that, you know, because he right. he would get rid of him left and right for doing that. I was looking at that right. also. You know, I, I would love for him to come to New York, but I doubt he's going to go to New York and, 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 you know, to a team that's not a winning team. You know, that's my team. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the Knicks is my team. But I don't see him coming there or or Brooklyn Nets, you know, because they're just not doing good. You know, that would be like starting all over again for him. You know, he would rather have a team that's around him that can, you know, play together to win. If it was me, I wouldn't go to a team that I'm going to be struggling to to try to win a game. No, I'm not. That's that's, that's foolish. Yeah, yeah. He has to go somewhere where he can pair with somebody. But the thing about it is, you look at with the Knicks, like, okay, they're going to get – for singles, he'll be back next year. Um, they're gonna have a high draft pick, and who knows, he might get uh, that beast play they got at Duke. You know, Williamson, that Zion Williamson, or, or a top player like that. Right. You know, so they could right. be formidable depending on you know on it. But yeah, like like you said, it, it's it'd be tough to see him. You know, to go to a team that's basically rebuilding so quickly. But man, never know. Well, the, uh, another thing they gotta realize is that Clay Thompson is. A free agent, also. So, Golden State got to make a decision on which way the money is going to go. Who's going to take a pay cut? Because right. I don't think right. they got enough money to sign both. Um, so it's 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 a little sticky situation now because you got Clay, and you got Kevin. Who's going to stay? Who's going to take the pay cut? Are they going to do a Tim Duncan type deal where Tim never took a long, never took a big payday because he that's how he won five rings. He made sure there's mm-hmm. enough money to sign who need to be signed and stay on the team. 
So mm-hmm. that's the question you got to realize, too, because Clay Thompson there. So Clay could bounce, Kevin could stay, or vice versa. Like I said, Kevin could bounce. So that's something you got to put in, um, think about also. And then another thing you guys didn't even bring up, how are you going to ignore the process? Like, you, the Lakers, and you, the Knicks, going to ignore one of the top teams in the East and you think about coming to the process. I'm disgusting with you two guys. I, I'm going to move on to another subject because I'm just disgusting the fact y'all just ignored the process. I would have too, but you got, you, got, you got Jimmy. You know, you ain't going to have no money yeah. left over after him. The more the merrier. I don't care. The more the same way with the Lakers. Y'all got y'all got y'all got Rondo and Lonzo Ball. Oh no, no, we got we got we got no, we got a super max money waiting after this year. We got it. And we got nobody. Got a lot of money, but I don't know. I don't know who's gonna cast the check. That's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know. Um, oh, and we're going to get to, before we move on to sports. To get to Lakers. Uh, come on, you obviously the diehard Lakers fan, and yes, LeBron is playing lights out. Classic LeBron. It's phenomenal yeah. for a 33, about to be 34 year old player who's mm-hmm. this far along in his career, who still dominates the way he do. That's, like, crazy. Um, this year, be honest, let's be honest, I know, let's not be biased, <laughs> where do you see him rank that in the playoffs? And if they will hmm. make the playoffs? Well, mm-hmm. well definitely will make the playoffs. I'll, I'll start off with oh, that. Lord. But I... <laughs> <laughs> and being non-biased, I think we're going to be because I, I still feel like our team is still developing, and you know there's a lot of new players all playing together, and I think they're going to grow. But I still think we could end up being probably like a five team. I can definitely see that um, once everyone you know gets together. We've already shown already, even early in the season, we beat a lot of the top teams. You know, we've already beat Denver, who's the number two seed. And we've already beat Portland, who's the number three seed. And we beat Portland twice. So they've already shown against the top talents in the West that they can compete. Um, last night, I mean, they lost in Atlanta. I don't know what happened last night, but it's, <laughs> it's another story. But, <laughs> but, no, they still show they can compete with a good team. So I, I could definitely see them being a five seed. You know, to have a guy like LeBron and even the young talent that we have, Kuzma, um, all plays great defense. You know, I still think they could be able to be five. I do not think mm. we're a championship team yet. Uh, that, mm. I can't see them unless they make some kind of blockbuster move at the trade deadline mm. that can take us over the top. I don't see that, mm. but I definitely think it's someone that can beat it. They didn't even play for Western Conference Finals. I would not be shocked by that. But to beat the Warriors, mm. I, to, um, I can't be biased. I have to be realistic. I mean, the Warriors are too strong to just expect to do that, yeah. especially when they get the Marcus yeah. Cousins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. I forgot about DeMarcus Cousin. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. And one. then, and that's <laughs> another guy you guys might get also, um, DeMarcus, a healthy DeMarcus and yeah. Lakers. Wow, oh, he's healthy, crazy. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely yeah. shoot shoot that with him if he's healthy. That's what all that matters. Yeah, because having that kind of injury, like of Achilles, you know, it's pretty mm. hard to come back from, especially for a big man. So I don't know how he's going to be when yeah. he comes back. But a healthy Cousins, he's a top, top – definitely top ten but talent. The crazy thing is he's resting the whole time. 
he could probably yeah. practically almost sit the whole year, get a ring, and keep it moving because they don't need to rush him. They don't even need him technically. So he's going to be fine. He's perfectly going to yeah, come back 1,000% back because he, there's no pressure. He's not rushing him. They probably He just chilling. Like I said, they might say, hey, we don't need you going through the playoffs. You never know. But um, they can do that. They can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's the only team in the league that actually can afford to do something like that. Well, <laughs> Gotta tell the player, Curry down play, right like, now? Ah, chill. Huh? Isn't Curry is, isn't Curry down right now? Yeah, Curry yeah. Curry's down right now. The same as last year. Curry was injured last year and, and came back and killed it as usual and didn't win a championship. So they got yeah, they're so deep, you don't even notice that Curry is injured. That's how deep they are. <laughs> with Kevin Durant yeah, yeah. leading away with Klay Thompson and go Draymond in there, you got uh, the bench. You don't even notice that Curry's out because they're still they're still winning. It's a deep team. That's a very deep team. Um, all right, we'll play some music when we come back. We'll leave the sports world, going to entertainment. We're going to talk about Stan Lee and a lot of other stuff that's going on in this crazy world of entertainment and outside of it. All right, so everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. NYPA, the Timmy Radio.
back to NYPA Entertainment Radio. Kyle and Alonzo were joined today with our guest and co-host for the day, Kamal Johnson. He's one-third of the filmmakers that made The Flea. Check out The Flea, coming to a theater, Netflix. It's going to be everywhere, episodic, the new big thing. Y'all check it out. Uh, he's sitting in with us, busting it up, and giving us opinions about his bum-ass Lakers and all that type of stuff. Um, but we, <laughs> we appreciate he's here. <laughs> Um, and um, so, though, I think we want to know what you want to get into. Yeah, well, you know, Creed Two, Michael B. Jordan, he started in Creed Two. Um, you know that he's been going through training with his was a boxing. Well, mm-hmm. there's been sources that's that's coming forth and saying that um, he feels that he got enough training to now get in the ring with a professional boxer, Roy Jones Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I did the same thing. I started laughing. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) It says Michael B. Jordan is itching to step in the ring with former heavyweight champ Roy Jones Jr. because his insane training regimen for Creed II has Michael feeling unstoppable. Now, here's my thought on this. Yeah, he went through training to box in a film, <laughs> in a film <laughs> where they don't hit like how a boxer will hit you. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan yeah, yeah. doesn't know <laughs> doesn't know the strength and power that comes from a professional boxer. Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. been boxing for years, <laughs> been boxing for years. He doesn't have a chance. A chance in the ring with uh, Roy Jones. Even though, well, yeah, Roy Jones Jr. may be washed up as a professional boxer, but to get in the ring with somebody like, let's just say you and I, we jump in the ring with him, we feel that we can beat him. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> this mm-hmm. dude is still a professional boxer. This dude still know how to punch. Yeah, it's unrealistic. Like, it's funny when you hear stuff. It's, like, it's almost like even, like, you say, like, a basketball player, you see him and you tell he's garbage, you listen to that. But if, if us as individuals, you can change every day, play that person, you know, if they're older, they're kind of washing. They're professional. There's a difference. Right. You are a professional actor. You play roles, but you're not that right. role. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you were that Roy Jones at the age that he's at now would wash him. He's not, he's not out of shape totally. So I know he, could, he would still wash him. Of, of course he would. Of course he would. Michael B. Jordan, again, yeah, we know he, he's been training, you know, to box uh, or how to throw a punch in the film. But to get in the actual ring with a professional, um, no. No. I would well, say that Roy Jones hit him with a body shot one time. Michael B. Jordan's going down. Yeah, well, ho- <laughs> yeah, hopefully this is just just allegedly in a rumor and innuendo, and he's not really. Uh, I thinking hope so. I hope that so. Yeah, he's really getting in there. Like, I hopefully he didn't, or he was jokingly talking about it and and didn't mean anything by it. Because listen, no matter how old the boxer is, or you think he's washed up, or whatever case may be, like you just gotta say, you still have the instincts. He's more skilled than you are, so he's gonna drop you. Period. Before you even raise your hand, to even do something, he's gonna—he's quick enough to drop an average person because right. you're not—you're not skilled that way. You're not built that way. 
So he's quick, as soon as you poop, you down. That's it. Don't even do it to yourself. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. That This was just make-believe. You know, you might got a couple of punches in for real while making it, but going a full-blown boxing match, you, you, no. No, no. no. It, it takes a special kind of person, male or female, to get in the ring and then fight, period, mentally and physically. It's just right. anyone can just do that. And it takes exactly. training, so... Hopefully, his body has hopefully. to be conditioned to take blows like that. It has to be conditioned exactly. to take blows. Yeah, that's the hard part, like taking an actual real hard blow. I know I heard him in an interview. You know, he's saying, "Oh, they, they, you know, they were taking some real shots." You might have took some, some a little bit of a harder shot, but you weren't taking shots that someone's really trying to knock your head off. You know, and that's yeah. the yeah. difference. Like, you have someone that's really trying to knock your head off so they can eat. You know, that's a whole, whole different mentality. You know, we watching boxing on TV, you know, you don't understand how hard these guys hit until you're right there ringside. I've mm. done camera work ringside in a boxing match, a professional boxing match for Holyfield, for the Klitschko brothers, um, to, to, um, the Felix Trinidad. And, um, when he lost to Bernard Hopkins in Madison Garden, I was there behind the camera. And to actually see these guys, how hard they actually get hit, you can actually hear it. And it's almost like you can feel it. You know, it's mm. like you feel bad for the other person that got hit. <laughs> you know, when when Evander Holyfield fought Ray Mercer, and when that day that Ray Mercer had that big knot on his head, mm. I don't know if y'all remember that, that fight. Yes, I was I there I for that one. <laughs> I was mm. there for that one. I was one of the, you know, B-roll camera people right there by ringside. And this dude, Evander Holyfield hit this dude so hard, you see the sweat, everything flying off his face. <laughs> you know, now for, for Michael B. Jordan, said that he, you know, allegedly that, you know, he can get in the ring with um, a Roy Jones Jr. Nah, he don't <laughs> understand. He really don't understand. He actually needs to go it's ringside. Bad talk to him. It's, 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 <laughs> so I better wake him up. I know. Um, uh, I know he's a little bit younger, but I remember Roy Jones when I was younger, man. That was one of my favorite boxers. That guy, when he tagged him, I seen him knock people out. You know, so you think you could just go in with that? You know, even at it, I think he's probably in his late forties or something like that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't recommend that. No, don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let the smooth taste fool you, because Roy will still knock you down. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you think you got it, you got him. Just no. Knock you down, knock um, you out. You know now he got that old man strength. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, we all know there's a couple of tragedies this week. Diddy devastated and shocked about ex Kim Porter's death at the age of 47. Um, right. They were still a family. They he talked to her every day. Uh, Sean Diddy Combs is heartbroken over the death of Kim Porter, his ex. Girlfriend and mother of their four children. Uh, quote Diddy's devastating shock. He and Kim were still very close and co parents, even though their romantic relationship didn't work, as source tells People magazine. They were still a family. On Thursday, this past Thursday, Porter, who was a model and actress, found dead in her home. She was only 47. 
The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office confirmed uh, Porter's death in a statement explaining the officers responded to a death investigation at 11.40 a.m. in Toluca Lake, California, where they found a female responsive at the residence. Porter was pronounced dead at the scene. The cause of death is undetermined at this time. According to an emergency dispatch call call posted um, on, t- on the news, the call came in as a cardiac arrest. While it's not clear what caused Porter's death, a source told the outlet she has been suffering from pneumonia for weeks. Porter and Combs began dating in the 90s, and in 1998, Combs and Porter welcomed their first child together, a son named Christian Mm -hmm. Casey Combs. Nine years later, Porter gave birth to twin daughters, uh, Delilah Starr and Jesse James Combs. She was also mother to son Quincy Brown, who's 27, from a previous relationship with music producer Albie Shore. When Quincy was only three years old, Combs was hands-on in raising him. Um, right. And it goes on from there of their relationship. Um, and also, which is kind of poignant, I didn't notice until this came out, was I didn't know I'll Be Sure wrote the song Forever My Lady for Jodeci. And it was for, uh, oh, really? Porter. I didn't yeah, know that. It was for her. <laughs> he wrote it, and it was it was actually the song's all about her, about their son Quincy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just yeah. heard about the other day. That, that's, uh, that's crazy. That's yeah. unfortunate. Unfortunate love, like. Yeah. Um, you know, someone young, talented to go that way unexpectedly, with very young also with young kids. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's tragic. They said that um, um, alleged she'd been suffering, you know, with like flu-like symptoms or could have been pneumonia as well. I mean, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I believe she called the doctor, uh, her doctor, um, the day before she passed to state mm-hmm. that her condition wasn't getting any better. Mm-hmm. The following day she ended up dead. You know, that's that's definitely a tragic, you know, um, these kids is now without a mother. Yeah. Um, you know, condolence definitely goes out um, to her family and friends. Yeah. Um, it's just it's one of those things. Just like wow, when I seen it, I was like, wow, really? I was just kind of taken back by it because you know you didn't expect it, and you know, um, forty-seven years old was tragic. Not only that, you move on. There's a couple, two deaths. So, comic legend Stan Lee passes away. Those who yeah. know, I'm a big comic person. Marvel. I know Kamal is, though. So this guy yeah. made Marvel a billion-dollar yeah. business. Mm-hmm. A billion-dollar yeah. business. Period. Movies, TV, everything. Like a billion-dollar business. He's part of the part of the genius team that created Spider-Man, Hulk, Iron Man, Daredevil, the X-Men, and going on the movies you see now on Marvel and the TV shows you see on Netflix or were on Netflix. Um, was, he was part of the creation of that. Um, had a nice long life. Man, I was 95 years old. Can't beat that. His story is very inspirational for those who are trying to do something in life, whether it's in this industry or not. He never really caught fire until his 40s. In early 50s um, A lot of years If you google them And you find out A lot of years Of just struggling And trying to You know um, Just take his comics And his ideas To the next level But he didn't really Catch fire Until later on In his life 
that's inspirational. No matter what age you are, you stick with it because you never know when it's going to happen. You might be closer than you think. Um, right. Definitely someone to look into. I mean, you guys, did you, any favorite Marvel comics that he created? Come on, Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones. Yeah, one of your which one? Yeah. Um, who? Let's see. Uh, I always go across the team. I'll probably say Wolverine. I'll probably say Wolverine. Go wrong because I guess he's like to me like the closest to a human. Even though you know he has super strength, but I just I don't know. I just like always like his attitude. I'll probably say Wolverine. For the close second, the close punishment. Right. <laughs> right. I love the punch. <laughs> what about you, Zoe? Yeah, X Men. You know, I was always a big, you know, big fan of them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. with the whole, the whole clan. You know, um, mm-hmm. definitely Wolverine as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that they they were big for me, the X Men. Mine's hands down across the board would be Spider Man, whether it's D C or Marvel. I'm a big Spider Man fan and like big Stanley fan and he created a, again, he created a lot of great heroes and then movies today, Avengers and Black Panther came out the head of Stan Lee. So, you know, condolences to him and his family and he left he leaves an excellent legacy. Now this is spin to this whole depth thing. And also I heard too what that, happened? Um, I heard I heard he shot a lot of footage. You know how he does a little yeah. um, cameos in the movies? They said he shot a yeah. lot before he died, so there's still going to be, like, in the next two or three films, we'll still have yeah. cameos in it. And then that character yeah. is supposed to have some kind of meaning in one of the future um, um, Avengers films. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Man, listen. This guy, again, like I said, these movies of the past eight to ten years, maybe even more, is is made money. And oh, yeah. like again, the legacy will continue to live on because they're going to eventually start rebooting them again. So, oh, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, here's here's a funny thing. In a news article in New Zealand obituary, they pretty much pay tribute to Stan Lee, but call him Spike Lee. And there's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> in New Zealand, and like there's all because almost it's a publication. I'm about to say I never so, so, so here, here, let me read it, what it says. It's, all right, a publication across the world paid tribute to Stan Lee. Following the news of his passing, one newspaper found itself in hot water after confusing the late comic icon with director Spike Lee. New Zealand's Gisborne Herald is going viral for all the wrong reasons after printing Spike Lee's name on his front page obituary attended for Stanley. The newspaper pronounced the Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing filmmaker dead at 95. So, <laughs> oh, come on, really? I mean, these people, they screw up. <laughs> Unbelievable. 95 Spike Lee, really? <laughs> right. They mistake the old really? white man for a black man. That's, that's how you know things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not the first time that it, this this happened. You know where they mistaken. Um. You know they mistaken several of our entertainers out there for being dead. Mhm. Right. They, yeah. um, they did that with Aretha Franklin. They had Patti LaBelle. Yep. 
Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Really? Like, honestly? Honestly. Come on. Do some research. Open your eyes, people. Come on. Like, this is like that. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It's funny, but it's unacceptable. It's like, come on. Do your, do your research. Just do your research overall. No, I, it just doesn't. I, I was talking, I was talking to about that the other day. Like, I, this is my theory. Sometimes I really think they do it on purpose to, to bring attention mm-hmm. to themselves or their, their newspaper. Because, you know, I've been around, like, you know, as far as working with news and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to make a mistake like that because generally your job is as editorial is to do your research, look it up, mm-hmm. do the pictures, make sure everything is married. So to make such mm-hmm. a big mistake like that, it, it's just um, it's just um, it just it's hard. It's hard for me to believe that you could just make that kind of mistake. And then you got also you got to usually have someone that's going to appropriate it as well. No one out of all these people sees this mistake. It's just it's hard for me to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. Yeah, I can see that. I can see what you're saying. I really can see that. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like this, yeah, it happens. But I think it's, it, 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 what did you say? Oh no, I was saying if you think about it, like this, um, this uh, newspaper out of New Zealand, no one would have heard of this newspaper if this error didn't happen. So now it brings light onto your newspaper true. that most people in the world had no idea about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's the point. Yeah, you know, they say no such thing as bad press. And controversy do creates cash, so I can see that maybe they purposely did it on purpose to get their get their attention out there, and now they got their name out there. Those you know five minutes of fame, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Possibly could have they could have did that on purpose. That makes sense. I, I never I never thought of that. Not thought about it that way. Huh. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, we're going to music break. We'll come back. We've got some more stuff we're going to get into. We're joined today by a special guest, one-third of the filmmakers of The Flea, Kamal Johnson. Stick around. We'll be right back. NYPA, Entertainment Radio.
Welcome back to NYPA Entertainment Radio. Colin Alonzo sitting with our special guest and co-host Kamal Johnson, one-third of the filmmakers of The Flea, coming to a streaming service or and or a theater near you. Uh, remember, if you can't catch us here live every Sunday on Blog Talk, you can check us out on the other ten other platforms, Anchor Podcast, Google Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cash, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Castbox, and Overcast, NYP Entertainment Radio. Tis the season next month. Holiday music as we're going as we prepare for 2019. So time is flying by. Um, all right, though. Anything else you want to get into? Uh, we spoke about this earlier about the use of the N word. Uh, that you know, I don't condone it. You don't condone it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Cardi B, your favorite rapper. Yes, mm. your favorite rapper, Cardi B. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Cardi B. Um, you know, it was it was a question that was asked her a while back on uh, whether she was black or not. Well, she admitted on social media that that she's not allegedly. Um, in the past, Cardi had came under fire um, for the constant use of the of the N word. Um, when it was questioned why she used the word so often, um, Cardi always told her fans that she's black. Well, Cardi admitted, finally admitted that she's not black, but she's going to continue using the N word. Um, Cardi feels that she's still hip hop, as she says in quotation allegedly. Uh, because according to her, she grew up in an environment where hip-hop is the music um, everyone listens to. Okay, hip-hop is the music that everyone listens to, but the use of the N-word is what, you know, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, I, I don't know who's, your, your favorite I don't rapper. Know who's thought, I, you know, I, and I, I don't know who thought that, Alonzo's favorite female rapper of all time, Cardi B, was black. I don't know who thought that. I, I always knew she, she was. I don't know that either. She's Spanish. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. I didn't know who. Like, you, right. you can't tell that the girl is Spanish? You you sit there and tell me you cannot tell that this girl who's from the Bronx is is Spanish? Like, I don't, like, honestly, like, who does not know that Alonzo's favorite rapper, Cardi B, is Spanish? Who does not know that? <laughs> she is Spanish. Alonzo's favorite rapper, Cardi B, of all time, best female, because he tells me this all the time, Cardi B is Spanish. And I tell you this, if Spanish people, in all due respect to my Hispanics out there who listen to the show, how, like, it's so, if for some reason we gave them a pass to use the N-word, but God forbid... We say we call we say spick or whatever. Spick, right? All hell's going to break loose, but yet they feel as though it's okay to say that, and it's not. And that goes back on us. That's as a community is our fault. As entertainers like Jay, Kanye, and and other and and other cats who use it in their music, it's 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 our fault collectively. But yet alone, when you have a, a track called N Words in Paris, and then you get mad at Gwyneth Paltrow for saying it. At a concert, or uh, my, uh, what's this guy? Um, my man out in L.A. Um, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Kendrick Lamar got mad at the girl for saying the exact same link, uh, lyric that he told her to say because she said the N word. Right. Don't get mad at them. You're, you're you're putting it out there for her to say it, for them to say it. So she grew up in an environment with everyone saying, "I, I hear that." However, be an adult. 
realize that you're not African American. Realize it's a hurtful word. A hurtful word. Um, be different. Stop. You know. Stop. Like what's hip hop? How I talk? No. Like grow being a dog. Like like you can you can still. I mean, she has no talent to begin with, but you can still finagle around that word in 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 rap if you want to call her music rap. But as your artist, ain't gonna diss her too much. But you can't <laughs> just sit there and just say it Listen, and be okay with it. She don't write any it. of her lyrics. She don't and write any shows. of her music. Yeah, and she, yeah, right. write she has nothing. writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has writers. And, and, and she just has no talent. Period. Come on, what do you think about this? So, uh, play a little bit, I guess, that loud a little bit. Um, I agree. I agree generally. Overall, it shouldn't be a word that shouldn't be used. But right. on the other hand, you know, also knowing, you know, even down here and in my time in New York, I've always, especially who live of the culture, say the word and it never being an issue. So, it's... But um, yeah, I've never, you know, you know, it's been an issue. Like it's always been part of culture. So like, the problem is like, if it's been going around so long and and none of us really check it, I know her. I know she's from the Bronx, and I know from the Bronx and around where where she lives, she's probably so comfortable saying it that it's not a derogatory word. For her, just like I know you use the example of spick, but generally anywhere of using spick is only used as a as a derogatory word, not necessary as a just to refer to someone. So I agree overall. I think they shouldn't say it, but I don't. I don't have too much of a problem because I know of what culture she's from, and we, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, we we've allowed it. We've allowed it for many years. Ever since I remember, since I was a kid, you know that that's been pretty much around. So I, I can't put a totally on her when she's really just being herself and being over her environment. Listen, she's an adult and she know right from wrong. So I, I, I will blame her, you know, because she knows that, that that's a word, that's a, that's a derogatory word. Even though that to her it's used as a, a term of endearment, which to me I don't see how. This is what our ancestors fought to not say. Mm-hmm. And they use it freely today, you know. So I, I will have to put fault in her for, for you know, as well as others that use it as well in the, in the industry, that has a say to not use this, this, this um, derogatory word. You know, again, she's not a child; she's an adult. She knows right from wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely overall, yeah. like from an adult standpoint, I do agree with it. Definitely, I just, I just feel that. Overall, like we have to judge everyone though, if we really want it to be eradicated, right. because if we're still right. saying it and we don't have the same energy towards a black person saying it, it's kind of hard to say, oh, they can't say it or you can't say it. That that's like putting it you know, too much definition of it in that way. So like I believe definitely it's something that should be eradicated overall, you know. But also too, she's not a rocket scientist. Man. She's not. A, He's not no, a brilliant no, chick. No. Probably if it was somebody else, like say it was an actress or something like that, talk about that, I probably would have a little bit more because I'd be like, you know better. But someone like that who's really just fresh off the street, because I've been realized she had overnight success. You know, a year from, well, not maybe a year, maybe a little more than that, she was on the pole still. So, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's a little rough around the edges still. You know, you, 
summer doesn't glow up that quick, so, you know. But right, right. I feel you. But, you know, it, it has to start with our entertainers. I mean, because a lot of these our younger generation is looking up to these acts. And if they're using mm-hmm. it, of course, they're going to feel that it's comfortable for them to, to, to use it. If they get out I there and, and, and broadcast it out there that, you know what, we're not going to use this word anymore, this is not a word to, to, to be used, maybe it will help mm-hmm. with the new generation that growing up, the millenniums, whatever they want to call it. You know, that's, I agree. Uh, that's a, you know, but as long as we still got a people like Cardi and all the others that like to use the word, we're just going to have generations after generations after generations to continue on with this word. It's not going to subside at, at, at no time. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's why even in the movie, in the products that we've done, like, we always try to make sure, like, not to use that word, you know, right. use something else. You don't have to, you know, look at ourselves like that, you know, because a lot of people try to make the argument that, oh, you know, it's not the same, we change it. I'm like, no, really, you're you're still taking their same word that they give to you and put on you. You don't have to be that. You can be more than that. And I always felt like it kind of brings, like, a negative portrayal of yourself by saying that, you know, so I, I definitely mm-hmm. think it's something that, you know, working on it, you know, piece by piece, like you said, in entertainment starts from there, you know, just eradicating the word, and so the generations that come up behind us, you know, right. they're, they're not going to be so common, you know, uncomfortable to say that, you know, because I was just talking, I was talking with Nick not too long ago about that, it's like, when I said I was going to try to stop not saying, I didn't realize how hard it was to stop saying that. You know, because I'm now I'm acknowledging it. I've, I've been so comfortable saying it for so long that when I'm trying to say, like, I'm so quick, like, sometimes I'm even stuck to say what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And that's when I realized, like, wow, right. this really has been conditioned, you know. And that's, I think that's kind of like, for me, I realized, like, yeah, you know what, that definitely something, you know, that has to be adjusted and changed. So. Right, right. Uh, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we should be held accountable for this, like we all just said. We right. we point the finger, get mad, and be like, ah, you should be saying it. But then at the same time, we're giving them permission to. So I'm, I'm, I agree. Like, right. we yeah. get too mad. Yeah. Now she again, again, Zoe's favorite rapper knows right from wrong. She does. <laughs> she chooses to. She is off the pole. She was a loving hip hop, but I give it to her. She she she's smart enough to know. I give her a little bit of intellect to know that she knows the word is harmful. I don't care if you put an A or an ER on it. At the end of the day, it's a harmful word. There's no term of endearment. And it's, it, the stupidity of hip-hop artists or whatever say, well, you know, I put an A, so it's not harmful, and we take the power from it if we use it ourselves. No, you idiot. You're giving it more mm-hmm. power by using it, and you're giving them mm-hmm. more excuses to use it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me. To take away the power right. is if you're on a big platform or on, this, on a platform like we are, I'm like, listen, we're not going to use it in our vocabulary. We're not going to use it in our TV shows. We're not going to use it on this program. We're not going to use it when we read the articles. Whatever the case may be, we're not going to use it. So when I watched a Luke Cage when it was on the air, um, use it for no reason. Or I'm looking at when I used to watch Black Lightning because it got too racial and it, and it dropped subtle N-words. I got, I got stepped away from it. I was like, we can write movies and films, and I'm applauding you, you and Nick for doing it. Because you can. You can do it without it. There's so many other words you can put in there. The, the vocabulary is it, it's, 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 uh, it's beautiful. we got so many words you can put in there to, to substitute that word. And the fact that people out there are too lazy to, to not 
substitute in their writing, whether it's music, film, or television, you're lazy, you're a hack, you're a no-talent bum, you need to give it up. Because if you can't find a substitute word for that, then you should not be in the business at all. Period. Well, yeah, I agree. That's just, that's, just, that's just the bottom line. And, and it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, and this is... Well, we all agreed on one thing. Right there you go. We agree that... We shouldn't use the N-word, and we all agree that Zell loves Cardi B, that he has every album she made, and she's gonna, he's going to go be front row at her concert. We all agree with that. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Listen. I'm cheering her so on. Who do you pick? Nick, who, do you pick? Nick, who do you pick, Nikki or Cardi? Um, I don't like either one of them, but if I had a choice, I would probably choose Nikki over Cardi. Come on. Nikki or Cardi? Now, what do you say? Are you talking about musically or? Listen, gun to your head. It doesn't matter. Musically, no, musically. Music looks see, I bang both of them. Musically, gun to your <laughs> head. You got, you gotta choose. Listen, gun to the head. You gotta choose. Either, listen, listen, wait, wait. Here's it. Here it is. Here's your options. Take the gun, take the bullet to the head. Or you gotta listen to one of them, well, one of them for 24 hours straight, all their music, nonstop. Which one, or, or what would you do? Well, if it's gonna be that, because I, I, you know, I think hearing that Barbie voice would annoy me after a while. I'd probably pick Cardi. Yeah. If you're if you're saying that, 24 hours to so that that little Barbie voice would drive me nuts after about three hours. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go Cardi B. Uh, what about you, Zoe? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like I said before. I think I will go with Nikki. I think I will go with Nikki over Cardi. Cause, you know, Cardi. I mean, Nikki voice can be annoying, but Cardi voice is definitely annoying. <laughs> My, Good point. Well, Good point. All right, for me, let's make it clear. I would, I would not kick neither one of them out of the bed. First and foremost, they both. I'll bang both of them. However, it's been nice knowing you, and come on, our listeners, because I'm taking bullets to the head. I can't listen to both. I can't listen to either one of them. I'll just take the bullets to the head. See y'all. Boom, I'm done. I'm out. Take me out. No way. That's too painful. Because either you're going to do it to me, I'm going to do it to myself. I'm not listening to I can't barely get past one verse of a Nicki Minaj or Cardi B song. They're horrible. And the fact that the real female MCs that are out there that can spit bars and not gimmicky are getting ignored. The big machine in the industry are not going behind That's why they're getting they're ignored. Gimmicky. Yeah, that's why they're getting like, ignored because they got, they're not gimmicky. Yeah, that, yeah, you're 100% right. That, that's the only problem I have a little bit with Carver. And even Nikki, she disappoint me a little bit. It's like you're doing all this petty stuff like them fighting back and forth and fighting out against right. that gal. I think that was. It's just like, you know, that's. That, you're doing the same thing with the other industries. They're pitting you against each other, or you're just using your sexuality and not showing like a lady. When there's other artists out there, women that are really doing it. Um, like you got what's the name? Um, Night. I forget her name, but she's with Night Wonder. I know. Um, out of North Carolina, like you know, saying she could spit. Like there's there's a lot of ones out there like that are talented, but they're just you know, but it's like they just want to push them just for their sexuality and all the other kind of stuff. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it's um, it's downright sad. It's just yeah, and the funny thing is, and I say by either next going into 2019 or in 2020, there's there's a, there's another one that's going to come along, and it's going to push 
Cardi almost out the way and kid and push Nikki all the way out the way, like a little conveyor belt of just of this happening. You understand what I'm saying? And um, it, it's it's kind of cookie cut, so to speak. Um, and it's sad because again, there's some yeah. real female MCs out there that's spitting fire, but you're not going to hear it. Cause you got these whack ass joints that's just like they put out there gimmicky and I'm a man, I'm a dagger, right. and you got this one chick who has who, Cardi B. Her cadence is horrible. She has no her cadence is just horrible. It's just like she's reading, like she's like she's reading, literally reading what they wrote her, and it's just like well, that is, you got well, if you're gonna you know, if you're gonna take a, a ghostwriter's rhymes. At least make it sound like it's yours. You literally are showing that somebody's writing something for you because you're just literally reading word for word very slowly, and it's just like, how is this fire? How are y'all giving her awards and praising her? You know how? Right. There's no competition. She said, said, yeah, and she said basically what she does. She just basically steals other people's flows and just rhymes over. Like like her biggest hit, Bo That Yellow, she took Kodak Black. His, his type of cadence and how he uses it and puts in her own right. song. And she straight up said, that's, that's just what I do. Like, because a lot of people are saying, oh, you're biting, you do all kinds of stuff. She's like, I don't care. And the funny thing is, in this day and age, it's a lot different. Like, people really don't care. Like, you know, because you see the things with um, Drake, you know, reference track and stuff like that, and that had no effect on him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he still is the biggest artist. So it's like in this day and age, like somebody can get away with that and just get away with gimmicks, and people can just be forced, you know, to like, okay, this is what you're gonna like, this is what it is, you know, and it's, it's just so weird, you know, that it's like that. But it's like people, I feel like they don't really think for themselves as much, man. because Cardi B would just force down people, um, force in their head yeah. to like it. I got that you right. I mean? You got that right. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, she just blew up overnight, Listen. like so quick. Listen, when they get yeah, done yeah, using, yeah, she, yeah, she, she using her, was like, when they get, I said, when they get done using her, because that's basically what they're doing. They're using her right now to make money off of her. But when they're done mm-hmm. with her, they're gonna find another gimmick um, act out there, female act to put out there, and and. And promote her heavy like they do did with this Cardi B, you know, that really has no talent. You know, yeah, that's, no, that's I, exactly yeah. what they're gonna do. They're gonna, they probably have somebody already lined up right now. They're just waiting until they're done using Cardi. Cardi yeah. Right that's now how it she, works. she's making money. That's how it yeah, works. That's, that's exactly how it that's works. How yeah, that's exactly how the industry is right now, man. Because yeah, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day on. Um, What's his name? Uh, who's the guy from New Jersey with the, with the one eye? Um, I can't think of his oh, name right uh, now. Oh, uh, 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 Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap, yeah. Right. You think about him. I, I remember two summers ago, he had the biggest hits. He had about three or four songs that were huge hits. The biggest guy in the game. And then yeah. a summer later, no one ever talked about him. And then they talk about him yeah. like he's old school. Like, when I remember when I was younger, like, even if you were hot, you at least were a little hot for at least a couple of years. Even if you didn't have great music that came afterwards, you were hot for a couple of years, and then maybe you would kind of fade away. But guys could be hot, and then the next night, it's like you're forgotten, and they're looking for the next person up. You know? Yeah. So it's like, it's that type of way, like, they're just, like, so quick to just kind of 
well, the next, you know, big artist. They're not really developing that's like that, artists. They're not really, that's yeah. like that artist designer. Same thing with him. He yeah, came out with that the silly example. song, you know, that mumble rapper, and, and where is yeah. he now? I, well, you, you know, <laughs> he disappeared I after that one hit. I want to say the two things about Fetty Wap, and I'm talking this to Kamal. I couldn't name a, a, a Fetty Wap hit if you put it in front of me. I didn't know he had a couple of, a good hits a couple of years ago. I, I, I don't even know what song he made. All I know is the fact that, which is crazy, fame is fame and money is definitely the elixir to get women because this dude got one, one F and I and got joints lined up. I got two eyes. Two eyes and still single, and this clown got one eye walking around, look like he just came out of the grave somewhere, and there's that bagging joints left and right. I'm telling you, fame and fortune is a serious elixir, man. I'm telling you, you gotta get your fame and fortune. Cause I was like, dude, got one. I looked at him. Uh, he's doing interviews. He, I thought it was a gimmick eye. Like it's a fake eye. Like gimmick eye. It's a real, this shit is real. I was like, why is this real? I thought it really like a fake eye, like just something like this kids do something. It's a real eye. His ass lined up for him. I was like, oh my god, what one eye dude who can't rap? Wow, what this am guy, I doing wrong? And his, hey, you know, in a year he impregnated like four women. I like, know. He was not playing. He was not. He knew that fame was going. He knew that fame was going to wear off. And they said, oh, you got one eye. It was, you know, they blinded by the fame and fortune. And then uh-huh. there you go. He just disappeared. So you know. All right, one more music break. We'll play music of somebody who's actually talented. So your people know what real music is. <laughs> we'll come back and wrap things up right here at NYPA Entertainment Radio. No, and fall, fall. I'm wearing wide pants. Act like y'all know it's the abominable hoe man. Globe trot, international postman. Neighbor dick dope man. 718-202s. I send small cities and states. I owe you 901. Matter of fact, 305. I'll jump off the D4. We can meet outside. So control your hormones and keep your drawers on. Till I close the door and I'm jumping your bones. 312, 313s. 215803. I'll read your horoscope and eat some hoarders. 10 on pump one needs hold itself served. 757410 my cell phone just overload. I've got hoes. I've got hoes. So stop the violence and put the fofo away. Keep you the whole day. 504-972-713. What you gon' do? You checking out the scene, I'm checking a holy night. With perpendicular vehicular homicide. 314-201. Too much green, too much fun. I Bangkok and Bangkok. Can't stop, I turn and hit the same spot. Thank not. I'm the thriller in Manila. Long in Hong Kong. Pimp them like Bishop. Magic Don Juan. Man, after Henny with a Coke and a smile, I just pick up the motherfucking phone and dial. I got my condoms in a big ass sack. I'm slanging this dick like a new jack. Is it because they like my gangsta wall? Gangsta wall. Is it because they like my 
206, everybody in the 808, ha, ah, 216, 702, 414, 317, 214, and the 281, 334, 205, I see y'all, uh, uh, 318, and 601, 203, 804, 402, 301, 904, 407, 850, 
keep doing what y'all hey, do. Like they, oh, like I said, they, you know, they, they loved you at first, so, you know, got to shout them out. <laughs> <laughs> Same point. Uh, definitely. Uh, shout out to Kamal and Nick. Go check out The Flea, like Zoe said. Uh, once we get information on the world, definitely want to do uh, start pumping and promoting the movie here on the show. Um, we appreciate them taking time out. And, of course, Nick and, and Kamal is always welcome to come on forever just you know chop it up talk shop uh come on come on talk about his bum ass lakers we could do a lot we could just sit here and talk and <laughs> you know his opinion and, and all, that, all that good stuff uh shout out to zoe new york everybody near and far remember you catch us live every sunday 5 7 p.m here on blog talk if not i'm gonna run it down to you on the other 10 other platforms anchor google Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cash, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Castbox, and Overcast, NYPA Entertainment Radio. Uh, Member starting next month, we'll, we'll be doing three shows in December before we shut it down for the holiday season. And the new playlist will be the majority of nothing but holiday music. And you always can get at us at NYPA Entertainment spelled out at gmail.com. Gmail. Social media, I'm going to try to do stuff on Instagram. I'm not a social media person. If it wasn't for the show, I would be off the grid. Um, with that being said, I'm with you on that. everyone enjoy your holidays. <laughs> everyone enjoy your holidays. We'll keep you posted on the flea and everything else. And uh, be safe. We'll see you next week. NYPA Entertainment Radio. Show's over. Jimmy. Yo. I'm not a preacher, I just like making good music. I'm paranoid from the weed, Lord, can you help me please? Once more I drop to my knees, tell me, Lord, how could it be? Blinds the rain I've never seen, tell me, Lord, why is it me? Is it cause I'm chasing dreams? Is it cause I'm chasing cream? Is it cause I'm close to each and every one of my enemies? Danger is my company, I swear I hate this industry. All women love the way I'm living, they know I'm unforgiving, heartless and deceiving. How am I still breathing? Scared of what I've seen, still scared of what I'm seeing, uh. Making me pick and choose with win or lose Even one of one, my mind is left better than bruised Choose, these niggas fruity like a pebble I fly straight, I'm on my level Sell your soul, deal with the devil <laughs> I'ma stay smoking this weed, man Trouble finding the absolute meaning of life Will I become a success? Can I find me a wife? These questions seem to get harder as they passing me by But I won't give in to the pressure floating on cloud number nine I'm just drifting away, these dreams keep me fueled to progress This weight that I hold on my chest from packing on all of the stress Throughout the daily grind, I seek to find a peace of mind No wasting time, I need to climb up to the top to make this mine Cause I control my destiny as I'm destined to be much more than the stars Can I line the journey is dark, but I'll find a source of light to help distinguish the goods and the evils 
the benign and the lethal, the opaque and the see-through. Well, let my demons conquer all that I built from within, present my past with my future ambitions through paper and pen. It's more than words in the story that I relay to you. My heart is stuck in a bond while searching for proof of certain truth. As if a beast while the wind is blowing and grass is growing, ocean waters are flowing with these cups of liquor we pouring. As the summers get hotter, winters get colder, I say a soldier, my mindset for the future's never been bolder. You need a shoulder to cry on, then you can lean on me. We all go through trials and tribulations throughout the lives we lead. The scars I bear are reminders of battles that I've won. Lessons I've learned, the rules that I broke to teach to my future son. Cause I'll be damned if he grows to be an illiterate, ignorant, and belligerent person who doesn't give a shit. That's all the question for me as long as I'm still breathing. Culture my morals of society as he begins teething. But if I have a girl, she'll be my diamond and my pearl. Regardless of the cold-hearted nature amongst this cruel world. I'm just looking to be enlightened in this day and age with knowledge and wisdom. To help me through all the pleasure and pain The show is over The show is over The show is over The show is over At WSFS Bank, we stand for service. For some people... Good morning, Mrs. Johnson. Great service means friendly faces at more locations. For others, it's mobile banking, so your money moves with you. For nearly 200 years, we've made serving customers our number one priority. So whatever you or your business stand for, we'll stand right by your side. We're WSFS Bank, and our friends call us WSFS, and we stand for service. Visit WSFSBank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 417-673. At WSFS Bank, we stand for service. For some people... Good morning, Mrs. Johnson. Great service means friendly faces at more locations. For others, it's mobile banking, so your money moves with you. For nearly 200 years, we've made serving customers our number one priority. So whatever you or your business stand for, we'll stand right by your side. We're WSFS Bank, and our friends call us WSFS, and we stand for service. Visit WSFSBank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 417-673.